We are now going to continue with the final part of Pashas Vayakil, finishing off the making of all of the vessels and the screen in the courtyard of the Mishkan. So we are holding by the making of the inner altar. We discussed, if you remember, where we built the Mishkan. Unlike when God, when Moshe, when God spoke to Moshe in Pasha Truma, where we did the vessels first, here when Mitzalel made it, he made the Mishkan first. Then he starts with the ark, the aron on the inside, and then we did the menorah and the table. And now in front of those two, so the the, the table is on the left side, the menorah on the right side. And in front, between them, was the inner altar, the golden altar that was used for the incense. The burning of the incense that was brought twice a day, every morning and every evening, they would burn incense on the inner golden altar. So on this altar was made also out of shittim wood, out of acacia wood. It was a square of one cubit by one cubit, one ama, two amas high. So the height was double the uh, width and length. There were protrusions on each of the four corners that were built into the actual, it wasn't added onto the attached additional corner pieces, but they built it higher and they cut out the middle so you have a protrusion on each one of the four corners. This entire wooden structure was then overlaid with pure gold on the top, on the walls, all around. And then he made a gold rim around it. Also, there was this golden rim with like a crown. We discussed the crown around the ark, or crown around the menorah, not the menorah, sorry, the crown around the shulchan, and the crown around the inner uh, golden altar, three crowns of Torah, of priesthood, and of kingdom. And then he made, below the rim, he made also a decorative border. And below that he put rings for the uh, rods to be put in, and they will carry the Mizbeach. This rod was also made out of acacia wood, overlaid with gold. And then he also made the Shemen HaMishcha, which we discussed, the sacred anointing oil. Remember, we discussed how it was made. Either they would, they soaked all of the... Uh, spices, the roots and everything in the oil, and then they ground it all up and they cooked it, or they, they soaked the roots in water so that it would be, wouldn't absorb, and then they let it sit in the oil, and they washed, they, they, they scraped the oil off the roots, and that was how it had the, the, in, the fragrance in it. And all blend. What? The we don't have it anymore because it got hidden. This Shemin Hamishcha survived, was hidden in the, in, the, in the tunnel somewhere, underneath Temple Mount. The, in addition to where Chizkiyo, King Chizkiyo, hid the Aron, he hid many other things. He hid the Choshen, he hid the other Choshen, the, the, the um, Urim Vitumim, the Shemin Hamishcha. I think there's five things that were hidden uh, away over there. Anyway, then we're going to talk about the making of the outer altar. This is the copper altar that was used in the courtyard of the Mizbeach for the offering of all of the animals and the flower offerings and the bird offerings. All kinds of offerings. A sin offering, a guilt offering, a thanksgiving offering, a peace offering, a holiday offering, the daily offerings of the community, the carbon tablet that we discussed. Those were all bought in the large outer copper courtyard. It was square five cubits long, five cubits wide, and the Torah says three cubits high. But as we discussed already at length, like here, three cubits high doesn't mean there was a total of three cubits. It was three cubits above the, the, there was a decorative border around it, and three cubits above that was the top height. But the full height of the, of the Mizbeach 
as the commentaries learn, was the height was double the width, just like the golden altar was two amos high and one amma wide and one amma long, so it was double the height. Same thing was with the outer altar. It was double the height, it was actually 10 amos high, which is pretty tall. That's like, you know, 15, 18 feet tall. There was a ramp that led up to it to allow the kohanim to go up there to burn the offerings. And the point was that when you were outside of the Mishkan, you can see what's happening on top of the altar. So if someone was ritually impure and they brought an offering to be offered, they could still see the Kohen bringing it up to the altar even if they were outside of the courtyard. This was hollow. It was not a full complete box. It was a frame, a rim, you know, pretty tall, but it was a wood overlaid with copper, uh, all one piece. The protrusions on all four corners were part of this actual building of wood. It wasn't added on afterwards, but the whole middle of it was filled with earth. So when they were actually burning the animals on top of it and all the, fi- the files where they burnt the fire, those were not on the copper or on the actual wood. They were on the earth that was being held in place by this five ama by five ama uh, wooden covered in copper frame all around it. Then he made for the altar all the implements, the pots to carry the ashes, the shovels, the basins, the flesh hooks, and the fire pans that would carry the coals from there to the uh, golden altar. He made all the implements out of copper. He made a grate of copper network, like a decorative uh, border, right at the very middle of the uh, ab- uh, right at the very middle of the of the uh, mizbeach. So the mizbeach was ten amos beginning at the five ama line was a decorative grate for a, a, like a frame, like a net for one ama. Above that was a border for decoration. Above that was the three amas of the top three amas. But this was very important because many offerings, the blood had to be sprinkled either directly on the top half of the Mizbeach or on the bottom half. So having this, this screen to show you where the top half is, where the bottom half is, was very important so that they priests could sprinkle the blood in the right direction. Also, there were four rings for the four corners of the uh, Mizbeach, right underneath these uh, copper grate, the, the, the net, made out of copper, and there were four, there were two rods made out of shittim wood with copper that they were using to carry the uh, these hollow structure, so they wouldn't take the, the, the earth with them. Imagine how heavy that would be. They would just carry it with like a structure, they would lift it, and then they would fill it with earth in the next place. So where would they put the earth after they did the offering? Would they throw it out? I, I imagine they just left it in there, but I mean, they flattened it. I don't believe they carried the same earth with them. From, I, I don't know. I don't remember ever learning about the earth, but it's hard to imagine they carried all that earth with them wherever they went. There's earth wherever you go, there's earth, you know what I'm saying? The point is that when you looked at it, you didn't see the earth. You saw the, the copper panels. But the inside, the floor of it was earth. You have to be that way because you can't start burning all these animals on the copper, on the wooden frame covered in copper. You know what I'm saying? The copper will melt and then the, uh, the wood will, will burn. Unlike, I discussed earlier, the miracle that happened with the golden altar, with the Mizbeach Hazav, the golden altar that was used for the incense. Now, obviously, burning incense is not the same kind of heat like burning animals. Granted, but there were still hot coals, and gold was much more sensitive. But it was a miracle that they would burn every single day. When we talk about it, the Gemara says, beautiful Gemara, that just like the fire of the Mizbeach, the inner Mizbeach, didn't melt away the gold 
the sins of the Jewish people don't wash us away, we remain connected to Hashem. It was a miracle that happened. They were able to burn incense on a, on a, gold, on a, on a wooden box, which is what the Mizbeach was, wooden countertop, overlaid in gold, and it didn't, you know, and for years, for 800 years. Okay, <clears throat> then we come to the making of the kior. Kior was a wash basin, translated the, la- the laver, that was used for washing the hands and the feet of the priest before they would do any service in, in the Mishkan. So the Mishkan, so the, the, uh, there was um, the inside the courtyard of the Mishkan, in between the Mizbeach and the Kodesh, the main structure, was this wash basin. It was made out of the copper mirrors that the Jewish women had used in Egypt to beautify themselves, to seduce their husbands, to have babies with them. And when the women originally came to Moshe Rabbeinu to offer their mirrors as part of the nation for the building of the Mishkan, Moshe's initial response was, no way, this is, this is highly immodest. I don't want this in the, uh, in the Mishkan. And Hashem told Moshe, take it. This was the future of the Jewish people, which of course is a very important lesson for us. There are some people who think that a Jewish woman should be, because of the law, they misunderstand the laws of modesty, and they think that modesty means that a Jewish woman should be ugly. She should not have beauty. She shouldn't put on makeup. She should have, you know, I don't know, the shaving her hair, whatever. She should, a Jewish woman shouldn't be pretty. The Rebbe's approach was that Jewish women are princesses. That the beauty of a princess is internal, it's within. But she's a princess. She's not uh, something that has to be turned into garbage. The Jewish woman that made themselves beautiful to ensure that they would have a continuation of the Jewish people in, in, despite the challenges of exile, they are the praiseworthy women it says in the Talmud that the, in the merit of the righteous woman of Egypt, we were redeemed from Egypt, the men were lost, but there was a righteous woman that kept their faith strong. And therefore, Hashem tells Moshe, these mirrors, they're beautiful to me. Take them, not just take them and like use them and sell them and you use their money or something. And put, make them the part of the Mishkan that's used for purification, which is, a, which is amazing. Because, okay, use it in the Mishkan, fine, we'll use it too. But here, what are the mirrors being used for? To take a person who's not pure, but he's pure, I mean, he's ritually pure, the Kohen, but he's not, he's not in a state of purity for serving in the Mishkan. He can't enter into the main building to light the menorah or to uh, bring, put the bread on the shulchan, etc., until he washes his hands and his feet. And so what makes him go to a higher state of purity is specifically these mirrors used by the woman, which shows you that these things that seemingly could be impure could also be achieved, could be used to achieve the greatest purity. The mirror was a, well, it wasn't a, it wasn't a sink. It was like a big, big bucket of water. It was, it was closed, okay. had to be closed. Water can't stay open overnight, so it was completely closed. It was large. It had twelve spigots coming out of it. Uh, it doesn't describe this in the Torah. The Torah doesn't give any details on how it was made, but we know there was 12 spigots coming out of it, so on different sides all around. And then the Kohen company would open the spigot, and they would wash their hands and their feet simultaneously. First their right hand and right foot at the same time, then their left hand and the left foot at the same time. They walked around barefoot. In addition, and I'm going from memory, there was a connection between this kior and the underground water source. I mean, they didn't manually... I can't remember exactly how it worked because there's in Jewish law you can't leave water exposed overnight; it can become uh, contaminated. 
So there was a way that it was connected. No, no. It was connected to the ground. The kier was connected to the ground. So it was connected to the ground. They, they manually put the water in there. It was next to, there was an underground, um, not in the Mishkan, but in the temple, in the base of Mikdash, there was a, like a canal that actually ran, not a, it was like a drain that ran through, but they didn't, have a, they didn't call it drains, they called it like a canal, it was like a river, very small, I don't know, six, you know, uh, I'm a wide, or whatever it was, that ran through the courtyard, all the blood would drain there, so this water would drain through there, there was a, there was a plumbing system in the base of Mikdash, but they also attached the kier to the actual ground, in order to ensure that if it's attached, it doesn't receive ritual impurity. Meaning, of this vessel, let's give you an example. This is a podium, okay? It's a freestanding podium. It's not connected to the ground. If you put a dead animal inside here, it can become ritually impure. Dead, you know, there's a ritually impure person, it can become, become impure. However, if it's attached, let's say this Arun Kodesh, it's attached to the wall, to the floor, to the ceiling. This thing can't move. It's built into the ground. And therefore, even if there was ritual impurity in the room, and this podium, which is freestanding, it's a vessel, will become impure, this Aron, and what's inside the Aron, the Torahs which are inside the Aron, and whatever's inside that, that cabinet, is not considered a vessel, because it's attached to the actual building, to, to, to the ground, rather, and therefore it would not become ritually impure. So the kir was attached to the ground in a way that it didn't ever become ritually impure, even if someone touched it or whatever. Okay? That's good for memory. And then last, we're going to learn about the making of the courtyard of the Mishkan. So we talked about, you know, working our way out. We're talking about the altar in the courtyard, the wash basin in the courtyard. How big was this net or the fence that went all the way around the courtyard? It was 100 amos by 50 amos. So you have 100 amos long, running along the, the, from east to west, along the north and south walls, is 100 amos with 20 pillars, and 20 copper bases, unlike the inner, the, the walls of the actual building that had silver uh, uh, bases, here they were copper bases, and the wood was overlaid with bands of silver. The walls in the Mishkan were covered in gold. These are covered in silver. There's 20 of them because they're spaced apart, five amos in between each one, like a fence. If you have a pole, right, and then you have the screen, the net, whatever, the next pole. So it was like that. Every five amos was a pole with a copper base. They were five amos high. The ones in the Mishkan were ten amos high. So these were half the height. So again, you can be outside and you can still see the structure of the Mishkan was higher than it. Five amos high, spaced apart every five cubits, every five amos. And then there were these hooks that came out of the, uh, out of the, uh, out of the pillars. They were made out of silver. And these hooks would, uh, the bases were copper, but the hooks were silver, and they would have on the nettings, there were these like, little pieces of wood that attached onto the, onto the net, uh, onto the hook, I mean. You can't just hang a hook, a net on a hook, or like pull. To keep it straight, and tight, there was like a piece of wood attached onto the screen, that's what attached to the hook. And on the west side, the back side, was 50 amos deep, the, or wide, the, the courtyard, with 10 pillars also spaced apart every five amos, every five cubits, with the same uh, pillars and the same copper bases and the same uh, silver hooks. And on the east side, which is the side you entered from, the entrance side, there was also 50 amos long, but there was 15 amos of netting on the north, 15 amos of netting on the south, and the middle 20, you know, 15 and 15 and 30, 
the middle 20 was uh, actual parochas, the same material used for the covers and all that, which was made out of 24 different strings with uh, the red wool and the turquoise wool and the linen. That was also hanging in the front 20 amos, all embroidered, etc. And there, there was four pillars for this actual parochas in the front, two and two, with hooks of silver, overlaid with silver, and everything else out of copper. Okay, that's the building of the Mishkan.